Welcome to the Be Better Chop Shop Podcast. Why why is it the chop house, man? The chop shop, man, because we cause we chop it up and dissect the information in here. I like that. Be better world is a movement about empowering people. Stay tuned for some really cool people, some really cool episodes, and learn what you can do to empower yourself. Welcome to the next iteration of the Be Better World Chop Shop, and I am delighted to have in my space today, Dr. Brenda Roche. Um, We're going to talk to Dr. Roche about a couple of things, but for those of you all who have not been a part of the podcast, Be Better World, anti-bullying program, but our major mission is to really self-empower people, not only kids, but adults as well, because what we found is that there's a triangular relationship between kids their environments and their parents about how they get that done. So um, I had the pleasure of meeting Dr. Rose through a mutual, I'll call it client, if you will, (laughs) um, somebody that I think we both care a lot about. And so I was very, very impressed about how she handled a couple of things. So I asked her to come on the show. So welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yes, yes. So tell the people a little about your background, what you do. Just kind of fill us in. Sure. I'm a neuropsychologist by trade, which means I basically look at people's brains without having to cut them open. And so I do a lot of testing, mainly with children, um, but also all the way through adults and really work with kids with a lot of trauma and prenatal exposure to substances, brain tumors, cancers, learning disabilities, which then, of course, helps me work with families. So I work a lot with the families directly because, as you talked about earlier, Kids come with families. Families have children, and so you have to work with them together. And also a lot with the school systems and really trying to do a lot lot of education with the school systems around trauma and when they, you know, anxiety and when they see behaviors to try and look at what's underneath those behaviors and really help parents try and learn how to advocate for their children as well. And so... So I like to come in with me not being the expert, but me being there to help advocate and do some education. And what I always tell parents is the most important initials behind a person's name is M-O-M and D-A-D, not a Ph-D, because you know your child the best. And so that's really where I come from and really trying to help them learn the systems because we just automatically as parents kind of assume everyone knows what they're doing and is always, are always trying to do the right thing when I think people are trying to do the right thing, but they might miss some things. And so really empowering the parents to empower them to empower their children, which is really important. And I, and I saw you work that masterfully in one of the situations that I was in with you because, you know, I think the word advocate gets overlooked a lot of times, right? Yes. And, you know, people, you know, they hire somebody like you or they work with somebody like you and they think that, you know, it's going to all be right. You're going to tell them it's all right. But I watched you masterfully work through a couple of situations and I was like, Okay, that, that's that's where I want to be. That's the space I want to be in. So, kind kind of tell the people about some of the work that you do with the school system because I thought, mm-hmm. you know, I work with the kids, so that's really important to me. So, talk about that mm-hmm. a little bit. So, I really work with, um, you know, so I go to a lot of meetings around trying to. Um, help the families and the schools understand kids' strengths Mm -hmm. as well as their challenges and how we can utilize their strengths to overcome their challenges and really try and look at it from a systems perspective, what the parent needs to do, what the kid needs to do, and what the school can do and should do as well to really help that child and family be successful. And so I just try and do a lot of education. Um, Schools are doing an amazing job. They have a really hard job 
to do with very limited resources. And so really trying to also make it realistic on what we expect the school to do. And so I try and come in and just do a lot of education with them. I do a lot of training. So I was down um, earlier this uh, fall and did training for all of the school personnel down in Red Lodge around anxiety and what anxiety really looks like in the classroom and then what teachers can do about it. Because it doesn't do a lot of good if we just tell them what it looks like if we don't help them gain tools to then know what to do about it as well. Love it. And that's the thing that I noticed in the meeting that I happened to be in with you. It was solution-oriented, not problem-driven, right? And I think that's huge. I think people don't understand that. So one of the things, too, that I noticed that when you were dealing with, uh, especially just the, I was, the admin of the school, you know, you really, really honed in on how do we get to the end result? Yes. Right? Um, a lot of times I sit in these meetings and I go, like, what are we really here for? And I, and I noticed how you kept bringing that back to the group, the end result, the end result, the end result. So just talk, 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 to, talk to us a little bit about, you know, how some of the severity of things that you see that happen in the district that, that you're dealing with. Because I don't think people understand some of the problems that we're really having. Right. We have huge issues. I mean, we have kids with very significant learning disabilities. We have kids with English as a second language, which is becoming more common now. We have kids with significant trauma that they're bringing every day to the school Mm -hmm. when they walk through those doors that are still living that trauma. Mm -hmm. We have huge poverty issues, kids that aren't getting any nutrition, so their brains aren't even available to learn because their brains aren't fed. Mm -hmm. And then we have the whole bullying issue and the social media that kids, I mean, so, you know, I think about when I went to school, we didn't have a lot of, I mean, we had disabilities, we had all those, but we didn't have all those other outside systems kind of impacting us as much on a day-to-day basis as our kids have to then cope with. And then when our kids are coping with that in the classroom, the teachers are trying to just do their job and teach, Mm -hmm. yet the kids are still out in the hallway dealing with all the issues that just happened in the hallway. So I think there's so many layers and so many factors that we as a society really need to look at and come together, um, you know, really as a whole group, as a society. Mm -hmm. One person, one system can't fix the issues that we're facing today. And that's, and that's really important. And, and I'm going to make this a little bit personal because, mm-hmm. I, you know, for me, I'm always trying to learn. Like, I try to really be a sponge. And I work with parents and kids all the time, and my approach is not scientific, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm a DAD, as you said. You know, right. those letters are fairly important. And where I struggle is, you know, you got a kid that's, you know, 10 to 15, and they're making what I call dumb kid decisions. Mm-hmm. And you have a kids who are really experiencing trauma. And I think, how confused are the education, the faculty, about the difference between those things, right? Because I, like, I struggle with it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you flick a kid on the ear, is that traumatic? I, I, I don't know, right? And so how, how do you... How do you deal with that? How do you approach those conversations? You know, I mean, just from a professional standpoint, because I, I, I really don't know. Right. And and that really is educating them about each individual, really, and for them to really kind of understand that. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, kids that have experienced, you know, physical abuse or a lot of watching domestic violence, them raising their voice can trigger a kid, which basically is going to shut down their availability to learn mm-hmm. at that time because they're going to go in a fight, flight, or freeze response. So they're not available to learn. The teacher isn't doing anything wrong in most situations that would be a fine response raising your voice to get attention of kids and it's not necessarily that we would want them to not do that they just then need to be aware of that that could trigger and so what to look for 
when after they do that in children in their classroom so that they could then do something to get them back present. And also then it's, you know, so it's not just the teacher though, it's the kids and the families that have to do the work too, because no matter what's happened to us, we are still responsible for our behavior and how we react. And so it's also our responsibility to then look at where our triggers are, what our triggers are coming from, or where our children's are, and to help them learn the coping skills so that they then can learn how to handle whatever situation. I always talk about when I get kids in therapy, or any person in therapy, is that you come in with a bag or a backpack full of skills already because you've survived it. So you have skills. Now, some might be effective and some might not be not that effective, mm-hmm. but they're still skills. Right. I want you to leave here with two rolling suitcases full of skills so that no matter what situation you get in, you are confident you are going to make it through successfully and you're going to make effective decisions. Love it. Love it. So I, I learned something today. I, may, I only have a suitcase and a half, so I'm going to keep, keep <laughs> you around for a little bit longer. So uh, let's switch gears a little bit. and Let's talk about your, your own personal journey. So I, I did a little research, and I know you've been um, on this weight loss journey for a while. So, yes. so, so talk to, talk to me, talk to my fans about that a little bit. Yeah. So, um, I had, uh, my journey began actually with a refrigerator and a stairway okay. and my face Uh-oh. and my refrigerator, the refrigerator met my face at the bottom of a stairway and smashed my whole face. Yikes. And so I have a lot of titanium metal in my face. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mouth was wired shut for 19 weeks or nine weeks. And I ate a lot of sugar and became, you know, I had no energy. I became very overweight. And when my mouth got unwired, I was addicted to sugar and kept eating a lot of sugar and just kept gaining and gaining and just not having energy, feeling awful. Um, You know, confidence level was down and and reached the highest peak that I had been at in a long, long time. Mm -hmm. And, um, Noticed a friend was doing something, I reached out and really started working on just really putting good nutrition in my body and really finding a system that works for me. I'm very, very busy, and so I needed something very convenient, and uh, it has transformed my life. So I've lost about 75 pounds in about 18 months. Um, Didn't start working out for the first eight months, um, and now I love going to the gym because I feel confident on going to the gym, and I can keep up with those 20-year-olds out there. (laughs) And... uh, uh, you know, but I feel really good, and yeah. and more not about even my personal appearance, but just how I feel. You know, and, and all the way through my journey of my PhD, no one ever talked about gut health. Mm-hmm. And what I've learned through this process, my personal process and journey, is just how important gut health is. And so I really work with families now, even around that area, about what are we putting in our guts? Because mm-hmm. seventy or ninety-five percent of our serotonin, our neurotransmitter that helps us feel good, comes from our gut, not our brain. And yet we just keep throwing meds at people without talking about what we're doing with our gut. So I just feel better than I felt in, you know, since I graduated in 1982. And so it's been, it's been an amazing journey. And the people I've met along the way and the people I've been able to help just kind of identify their goals and reach their goals with whatever system, um, you know, that works for them. So if you want more information, you should get a hold of Dr. Rose. She can tell you what her system is and you can talk about that because I'm all about self-empowerment through any, any vessel, right? Yes. Like whatever that vessel is. So, um, so I have to ask this last question before I let you go. Yes. I ask everybody, so what's that one thing in the morning that you get up and you say to yourself that this is my life's model? What's that thing for you? Mine is progress, not perfection. And to be better is better than being perfect. 
You heard to be better here from Dr. Rose. It's got to be official now. Hey, guys, <laughs> hey, Dr. Rose, thank you so much for joining me tonight. You bet. Thanks for Man, having me. Absolutely. Stay tuned. Next episode. Check this out. We'll be back at you. Take care.